So uh, we accepted the call. And we had never been across the country before. We have never seen uh, some of the beautiful places that we had heard about uh, in the Midwest and then on the west side of, of this beautiful country. And we decided, let's take, let's take our time. So we took nine days to slowly drive across the country and see all these beautiful places, uh, Mount Rushmore and the uh, Badlands and uh, all these places that were just so wonderful, so gorgeous. And we had never seen anything like that on the East Coast. I mean, there's some beautiful mountains in the Catskills, and it's wonderful in New York, and people just think of New York City. No, there's some beauty there, but it's totally different. And then when... Uh, Later on, we ended up going to the Oregon coast. We just fell in love with that, you know. But we had driven nine days. We were tired. We got here uh, on a Wednesday, I believe, and that Thursday was my first sermon. And uh, we, just, um, we just loved being with you guys and just a, a wonderful experience to get to know you a little better. I think we had potluck that day. It was just really nice, you know. And then uh, the, the next week came, and then Friday comes really fast. Uh, we had, had some meetings in between, getting ready to preach on Sabbath again. And we get a phone call from my daughter, Brianna. Many of you have met Brianna. Uh, and if it wasn't for the number that came up that I could tell it was Brianna, I might not have recognized her voice because she was sobbing, just sobbing. And I'm like, honey, what's going on? And she, we just, we had no idea. Now, you have to understand that there were a couple of things that were causing it to be very, very difficult for us to make the decision to come all the way across this country to be here. And one of those, probably the most important was that my daughter and her husband were living in Virginia. And we were going to be so far away from them. And we thought, man, I just don't know. Do we want to do this? Do we want to go? And so we made the decision. We felt like God was calling us. So now to get my daughter crying on the phone, sobbing like that, and we are so far away, you can just imagine as a parent what that must feel like, right? So we're just sitting there going, what's going on, you know? Try to talk. It literally took her about 10 minutes to, to be able to sob in such a way that we were able to kind of decipher some of the things that she was saying. And here it was. She had just found out from the other woman that her husband, that they had been married for three years, had been cheating on her for a whole year. Had basically been living two lives. She had asked if he was willing to let go of her and get some counseling, and he said, no, not really. And uh, there's not an ounce of codependency in Brianna. <laughs> and she said, okay, then I'm gone. 
10 days after we made that trek, Nancy flies back to the East Coast, packs everything that we can pack into a car, and she makes the drive all the way back with Brianna. And Brianna was with us that first year and a half, and some of you may remember the first time she came to church here. You guys were so loving. Uh, you, some of you knew what was going on, some of you didn't, but you were just so loving and accepting. Uh, within just a, uh, just a couple of days, she already had offers of jobs and friends visiting. I mean, we were just, we were just shocked with how loving this church was to her. I think that's fantastic. And I want to say to you that, that what I'm going to talk about today is probably one of the most difficult sermons I've ever preached, I want to tell you, for all kinds of reasons. Uh, it's so difficult that I thought I better wear a jacket so it looks like I have some authority here. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's not it, really. Uh, but I, 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 it, 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 it's just, this is a really difficult subject, this whole concept of divorce. Uh, because, because there are two sides of this, and they're hard to really talk about uh, fairly on both sides. Uh, we watched Brianna just sob night after night after night. It was so, so painful for her. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, there was so much pain that we, we, we couldn't say anything, but I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, honey. I remember having a talk with her one day uh, as she began to kind of come out of the sobbing and the crying. I was worried that maybe she was coming out of it a little too early. You know, sometimes you worry about that. I mean, you, you know. And, and we began to talk about what had happened. And she said these words. She said, I cannot believe that I will never trust Chris again. And Dad, I wonder if I could ever trust any man again. See, when trust gets broken, trust is the glue of any relationship. You understand that, right? Trust is, is what glues us together. Once you break trust, it becomes unglued. And when that becomes unglued, it is so hard. Have you ever tried to glue something together that was become unglued it's it's so difficult and it is way more difficult with relationships and this is a subject that is so difficult to talk about the, the pain is so jesus explains why it's so painful this is one of those sermons i kid you not that i wish that i could just sit there and have jesus preach it I, i'm being honest with you i just want Jesus, you preach. I'm going to sit there and listen. You, you preach it. And then the week after, I'd be like, so guys, what do you think of Jesus? <laughs> right? That was, that was hardcore, wasn't it? We're not going to have him back again. <laughs> it's like, I'm being honest with you. I mean, that's how serious this is. In fact, it was so serious that when Jesus talked about it, 
The people that were listening were becoming so uncomfortable. It was such an unsettling thing that he was saying. And in fact, it's going to be somewhat uncomfortable for some of you. I'm just going to tell you right now. And it's going to be unsettling. That's why I started by, by talking about what happened to my daughter so that you don't get the wrong impression here. But we got to talk about it for the way it is. Fair enough? So that's why I wanted to let you know that, that if you're sitting here and you're going to be sitting there going, boy, this is hardcore. Just think about the way this church treated my daughter because this church is committing to treat each and every one of us like that. All right? But this was so difficult that by the time he was done, the disciples said these words. They said, if this is the case, I think it's better not to marry. <laughs> I mean, if what you're saying is true, Jesus, I mean, if that's what you're saying, then why on earth would anybody want to get married, right? I mean, that's how serious it was what Jesus was saying. So let me give you the background on this one here. I mean... Some of you who are married, you know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> I mean, this is not easy. Marriage is not easy. Someone once wrote, marriage is a school from which you never graduate. That's so true, isn't it? Come on, couples, you know what I'm talking about, right? So let me give you the background. It starts off with some Pharisees. So is the Pharisees, by the way. Start things up, right? Some Pharisees, these were the teachers of the law, some Pharisees came to him, Jesus, to what? To test him. That's the only reason why they talked to him, unless it was Nicodemus, right? They just, they came to test him. They asked him. They always loved to trip Jesus, so they asked him this, this question that to them seemed like, and I, we'll see how good he is, because this is going to be a difficult one to answer, because neither way he answers, he's doomed, right? And so they say, is it lawful? Because that's what they're into, right? The law. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Right? So that's what they're asking. Is it lawful? So Jesus says, haven't you read? I love that. They say, come on, we talked about this before. This, this, is, this has been covered in the Bible. You know, the Torah, you have this, right? Haven't you heard, he says. Uh, whenever Jesus says that, you always kind of wonder, like, who's setting up who, right? Haven't you heard, he says. That at the beginning, at the beginning, when everything was set up just the right way, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one. The two will become one. So they are no longer, what? Two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, some of you guys might remember this, when you were married, this was in, in maybe some of your vows, right? What God is at the end of the, 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 the wedding, right? What God has joined together, what? 
let no one put asunder, we say, right, or separate. In other words, you, what Jesus was saying is you cannot separate what's become one. Once it's become one, it's one. See, this is why it hurts so much. Are you following what I'm saying here? This is way more than just physical intimacy here. This is, this is about becoming one in mind and thought and planning together and working together. Just everything about it. It's just, you don't take this lightly. If you are a young person and you're thinking about marriage, let me tell you, do not take it lightly. This is something that when you do it, you become one. Are you following what I'm saying here? Yes? In other words, what Jesus was saying was, here's the principle. Don't attempt to unjoin what God has joined. Right? Don't attempt to unjoin what God has joined. Uh, when I was at the... Blue Mountain Academy, we had this teacher, a physics teacher. He had these huge magnets. Like, they were huge, right? And I, I did this illustration once where I would have, he had two of them. Big magnets. I, I, I would have two high school teenagers, because they would be up to anything, right? I'd say, okay, you hold one. And so they'd be here. And I'd say, okay, you stand over there. You hold one. Okay, so they'd be here, right? I'd say, okay, now take a step forward. So they take a step forward. Okay, cool, no problem. Okay, take another one. Now, as they get a little closer, they begin to feel the, the pull, right? So now you got these two magnets just, come on, come on, right? You understand what I'm talking about, right? And then, and then they got, the closer they got, so be careful how close you get. Because you can get to a point where you get so close, and guess what happens? And sure enough, And now they were just one. And I said, okay, now pull it apart. There was no pulling it apart. They're just trying so hard. And, you know, big people, strong people. Come on, you can do this, you know, trying to twist it. And just, nah, no, man. See, once you become one, what has been joined, you cannot unjoin. That is why it hurts. So much. Are you following what I'm saying here? So what the Pharisees were asking is, is it lawful? Is it permissible? And I think what Jesus was saying is, I'm not even sure it's possible. That's what Jesus thinks about marriage. I, 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 you understand why I would rather sit there and have Jesus preach this sermon? Because this is Jesus' words. You understand what I'm saying here, right? These are not my words. This is Jesus' words. He's sitting there going, man, look, let me just tell you. The problem is not whether it's lawful or not. The problem is about once two have become one, they're one. So the Pharisees began to think, man, man we didn't think about that. You got to throw in the beginning stuff, right? Yeah, he's got to throw in the Bible, okay. So then they got to look for a loophole in the Bible, too. And they think about, well, M Moses wrote Genesis. So what about this, they say? And they say, why then, did, they asked, did Moses command 
They made a mistake right there. I'll tell you in a moment. Why did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Why, why, if, if that's true, then why would Moses say that? In other words, as humans, we are always looking for the loophole. We're always looking for the way that, that we can somehow get out of something if it's too hard. I'm glad somebody's listening in here. And I know this is hard. I get it. I understand. But we need to understand this, and I, I don't leave until the end. Very important. Do not get up and go, because then you're going to miss out. I'm going to tell you right now. All right? And so Jesus says this. Jesus replied, Moses didn't command. He what? Permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. See, Moses did that to protect the women because you guys were mistreating the women. And you would marry one and then throw them out and then... They would have no place to go in, in that society. Because you guys had hard hearts. And God, to protect the women, to, because he loves them as much as he loves the men, in the society that was totally male-driven, he says, he permitted, because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the, what? Beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. And in chapter 5, by the way, of Matthew, he says, the person that actually is, the, if that woman now marries somebody else, she commits adultery and it's not even her fault. I mean, this is hard stuff. I get it. I know. I mean, they're just sitting there going, what? And so then we get to the point where Jesus, I mean, the, the disciples say, if this is the case, <laughs> well, then it's better not to marry. <laughs> Are you following why they said that now, right? Now, now that makes sense, right? Well, if that's the case, then why are we even marrying, right? I know that many people in this room right now are listening who have been through the, the tragedy of divorce or have had parents who have divorced or children who have divorced. Divorce, divorce hurts deeply and its impact never completely goes away. I will tell you, uh, Nancy... My wife came from a divorced family. When she was uh, 12, I believe it was, 13 maybe, five kids. Dad said, bye. And, and there are scars that Nancy has even till this day because of that. In fact, the scars are so deep that when we got married, see, I came, I, I was one of the lucky ones, and I want to make sure that you understand this. I was one of the ones that was blessed enough, fortunate enough to come from parents uh, that, that would just, this, you didn't, you just, that never happened. You didn't do that. 
I, I, you know, my parents went through Second World War. They went through all kinds of stuff in their lives and separations. And my dad had to work in the States, so my mom lived in Italy. I mean, this was, I mean, and, but they stuck it together the whole time. They would never, ever consider uh, divorce. You understand what I'm saying? So this, is, this was my mentor. This was my model. This is what I had. Does that, does that make sense to you? This, is, this was what kept me thinking. So my, my wife, Nancy, she would do things from time to time because her model was different. Her model was like, okay, I'm just going to wait and see what's it going to take for Sergio to leave me. And she would do things, and, and it took me a while to figure this out. Like, why is she saying this? Why is she doing this? Like, I actually had to get to a point one time to say, hey, hey, listen, I am not going to leave you. It's just not going to happen. All right? Just know that. So you could try all this, but you, you know, listen, <laughs> she gave me permission, by the way. Uh, there were times when it was so hard, not only because of her insecurities because of her mom and dad, but throw in menopause in there. No, no, hey, a twitch of the eye will get you killed. You know what I'm talking about? Does this dress make me look fat? You know, what do you do? What do you say? You know, my value of authenticity was constantly being challenged. I'd be like, like the word, what you don't want to ever say is, oh, honey, that looks good on you. Like, no, it's bad. Just trust me. I've made that mistake. Right? I mean, there were times when uh, the, the temptation was strong. Trust me on this. I wish I could. We've been married 31 years. This yeah. <laughs> Same thing happened last, last week at Mosaic. Like 15 years, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that uh, Terrence talked about was like, yeah, everybody was going crazy. 31 years is like, yeah, I know. All right. Get on with it. <laughs> it's like, we've, we know. Apparently 15 years is way more. Like, like if you make it through 15, that's great. 31, of course, you're going to make it. You know, that's. That's the feeling, right? So 31 years we've been married. I wish I could tell you we had a perfect marriage. That's not true. Here's what I can tell you. We love each other today way more than we ever loved each other even last year or the year before. It's just you got to stay with it. So why am I talking about this? In fact, you might be sitting there going, where do I stand? I've been divorced. Some of you have been divorced and remarried a couple of times. Can I tell you where you stand? You stand right next to me with uh, this guy right here. See, because church is a place for broken people. Now, I may not be broken in the divorce category, but I may be broken in another category. I may not have had to ask forgiveness and help for God because I was going through divorce, but I've had to ask forgiveness from God for so many other things. And if you're sitting here smug, feeling like, well, honey, I'm so glad we've survived this and we didn't get the, well, yes, good for you for that, but let's be honest. The reason why this church 
accepts you like you are, serves you like Jesus would serve you, and loves you like the way Jesus would love you, is because we are all broken. We recognize that each and every one of us is broken. Each and every one of us has something where God has had to take us and take the hammer out of our hand and say, it's okay, I got you. Are you following what I'm saying here? So please understand that if you left early, you missed it, man. Please understand that Jesus would often do this. He would be, it'd be like, a, like this like blowtorch. You know, people would be like, oh, man, you know, stop with the truth, please, you know. And, but then when it was all over, they'd be like, wow, I'm glad I stayed. Because now I'm purified. God's truths are never easy. This church is not about cheapening God or his grace. This church is about accepting that we are all sinners because we have all blown it. Blown it. There's no one here. There's not going to be one person in this room that says, hey, hey Jesus, uh, I am supposed to be here. I deserve to be here in heaven. So I don't care what anybody says. I've been a good boy. There is no such thing. No matter how good you've tried to be, every one of us that will step over the threshold of heaven, we will be so because Jesus died on the cross for us. Are we understanding this? And so we must understand Divorce is a tragic result of a broken world. And whenever a marriage fails, we should mourn it, mourn it as a tragedy. But there is no error so great that it cannot be forgiven. No mistake beyond the reach of God's grace. Do you believe that? And in... Uh, In keeping up with our tradition right now, I'm going to ask my friend Jesse to come up. And uh, I'm going to interview him. You got yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, Jess, first of all, thanks for being uh, willing to talk about uh, this very difficult chapter of your life. Uh, some people know you here, and they know some of it that's been, that you've gone through. Uh, but there may be so many here, in fact, I know, that, that may not know uh, some of your life in the past, and, and so you, you and I talked, and you agreed to, can you just give us a little bit of background and, uh, on, on what we're talking about here as it pertains to you? Sure. Uh, most of you know that uh, I grew up, uh, um, I grew up, I was born into a, a pastor's home. My father was a pastor of, of the, this denomination, Seventh-day Adventist, uh, my mom's a nurse, and, uh, and so, um, as a kid, uh, even into uh, grade school, junior high, um, high school, uh, you know, I was inundated in, in the church. I mean, there was, I've been to more church by the time I was 18 than most of you probably will ever be your entire life <laughs> as a pastor's, uh, uh, pastor's kid, right? And we're talking Spanish pastor, right? Yeah. So we got meetings and Bible studies and prayer meetings. I mean, it's nonstop. Uh, good times. <laughs> um, 
what's interesting is, is that uh, through all that, uh, I look back and I and I had I was devoid of even an inkling of anything that would resemble a relationship with God, zero. And uh, yet I, I certainly played the part very well, right? Because as a pastor's kid, you were expected to toe, toe the line, mm-hmm. uh, to be that good kid. And so I, I did a great job of um, uh, pretending uh, and being a good kid in public, right? Um, but looking back, um, even going through our, our academies from the third grade, um, uh, it's just uh, God meant nothing to me, even though I was saturated with God all around me. Uh, in church and in um, uh, not so much in the home, uh, but in 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 school, and so I grew up essentially um, faking it, faking it, mm-hmm. and not even realizing what I was faking. You know, just knowing that if you're good, you're good, and people will think you're good, and and if you're bad, you're bad, and people will think you're bad. Mm-hmm. And so this was my mindset uh, into everything, everything that all my experiences, school. Uh, choosing a career, uh, going to school, uh, and dating, uh, and then eventually um, uh, finding uh, someone to marry. And uh, I met her, uh, I had graduated from physical therapy school, Loma Linda University, and she was starting medical school there. And we met, uh, and we dated uh, for a few years. Uh, and we, we did get married, and, and um, while she was in medical school, and, and uh, uh, those of you who've either been through or know people, a medical school is tough. It's it's really tough uh, uh, on the uh, on the, the student, of course, because it's time consuming and it's it's extremely uh, uh, it's exhausting. Uh, but it's also tough on the family. Uh, and we had a couple of kids. You guys know them, uh, JB and Jilly. Uh, and uh, and so uh, so here I'm marching along this path that everyone does, right? The American dream, so to mm-hmm. speak, uh, school. A degree, a job, a house, kids, cars, f- plans, futures, all of that. Mm. Uh, and just living life um, up, apart from God entirely. Mm. Um, and so that, that was my experience in, in marriage as mm. well. You know, this, what, you know the, the, the verses and all that, uh, but they, they, looking back, obviously they meant nothing to me. It was, right, sure. it was nothing. And, um, and then something happened. Yeah. So um, in, uh, in that experience and in that process, um, uh, you know, you look back, and I keep saying looking back because they say hindsight is twenty twenty, right? You can look back and you can, you can see how things developed and how things, how things lined up. Uh, and I was just completely uh, empty. I was dissatisfied. I was dissatisfied with work. Uh, I was dissatisfied with my position. I, I felt, in a, in a real sense, uh, that I deserve more, that I deserve better. Uh, me, you know, me, me, a very, very selfish thinking. Um, uh, and yet, uh, I, I determined that even through those things, well, this is just the way it is. We'll stick it out. Uh, and uh, we've been in this uh, six-week Bible study called um, um, The Art of Marriage. And one thing that we learned last week uh, is that uh, intimacy between two people uh, is uh, and not physical intimacy, just getting getting close mm-hmm, to somebody, sure. letting them into your life uh, is a very dangerous thing, mm-hmm. because when you decide to become intimate with somebody and you let them into your life, and there's a certain closeness that so many times often leads down a, a road that you don't want to go, mm-hmm. and that's what I found myself in. Um, 
about uh, three or four months before moving from uh, the Loma Linda area uh, to Montana, uh, I had I had allowed myself and put my position I put myself in a position of getting close to somebody who wasn't my wife uh, and developing an, an intimate relationship. Uh, and then finding myself in a place that I thought I would never be in. Because, because whether you know God or you don't know God, I think that morally, infidelity, cheating on somebody, is, is wrong. I think we would all say that was wrong, right? Yeah, sure. And here I find myself now in, in an uh, uh, in intimate relationship, both mentally and physically, with someone who's not my wife. Uh, and in a real sense, thinking I deserve this, this so, is what I deserve. So the compromise was on... Uh, from you, not from uh, your wife at this point. Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, this is a decision that I had made, right. and I had made uh, um, uh, because I felt like I deserved it. Gotcha, uh, entitled, uh, you felt like you were right. entitled. Right, this, yeah. this, is, this is what I deserve. This is what, this is what it's supposed to be like, and, and the way I'm feeling now is the way I deserve to feel, uh, and this is what it's about. Mm -hmm. um, um, but at the same time, having no desire to leave my wife, and so it, the saying, having your cake and eat it too, mm -hmm. and knowing that in a few months we'd be moving to Montana and that would be a natural place to end this relationship anyway and everything would be fine. You know, it's, in my mind, I, it, it, was all, it, it was all planned out, right? Yeah. And everything was going to be okay. So you moved to Montana with your wife. Yeah, we, we move. Uh, and uh, throughout this whole process, you know, and looking back, um, there's that word again, that phrase. Uh, there's no way that, uh, uh, you know, I was, I was a changed person. I was acting different. Uh, I was I was behaving differently, you know. I was to hide a, a secret uh, that big uh, is there's no way that uh, uh, that you can hide a secret that big. And so there were suspicions on her part, and I would uh, even in the in the mere mention of suspicion, uh, uh, you know, I would I would just play it off as everything's okay, and I can't wait. We moved to Montana, and you know, and, and this, that, and the other. Uh, we we move. Um, and uh, uh, my wife at the time, uh, I, I left something in, in a satchel, a note, uh, that essentially uh, when that was read, and I was away from that, from that satchel for a period of time, mm -hmm. uh, it essentially it, it, it confirmed to all her. of her suspicions, yeah. right? And well, uh, she confronted you. So I was confronted uh, by her and her family as well. And at that point, uh, you know, it's... Um, uh, in that moment, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, well, how, how can I admit to this but soften it as much as possible, mm -hmm. you know? I wasn't ready to fully uh, uh, be uh, transparent, fully you, be truthful. Did you try to blame her in any way? Uh, no, 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 you know. Um, it, it was, uh, in that moment, it was, uh, okay, you're right, but how can we move on? How can we get past mm -hmm. that? Right. You know, how can we move on? Uh, and we, we tend to compartmentalize these things, right? Well, that happened back there. It's no longer here. Let's move right. on from there. Right? Yeah, in my mind, that was that mm -hmm. was the whole thing. Is this now okay? Yes, but but that's done with now. Now I'm ready to move mm -hmm. on. Um, you know, uh, and so uh, the uh, the uh, the commitment to now I'm committed to us now, uh, but even through a period of several months, still still lying, mm -hmm. still being dishonest. Yeah still not divulging details, even when I was asked point blank, this, this, that, and the other, right. and it, either minimizing or lying. And, and it was all part of the same cycle, right? It was all part of, of, of the dishonesty and of the lying and of the, the half-truths. 
um, even while I'm saying I want to work on this, right. still lies and half truths. Right. Uh, How long have you been married up to this point? Um, not quite seven years. Okay. Yeah, uh, about, about five years. Okay, and uh, just just for the sake of time, yeah, uh, you, you you still were not really, uh, as you're talking right now, uh, feeling any real guilt. You just wanted to fix it, right? But then you have this meeting with the, with your pastor. Yeah, finally, you know, after after my, uh, after uh, the three or four months of, of saying that I'm I'm in this, but still lying, you know, it wasn't working. Uh, uh, she made the decision that that's it, we're we're done. Uh, you know, some other things have come up that were uh, that I lied about uh, or that I just wasn't upfront about, and she she'd had it. That this is it. I can't do this anymore. We're done. Mm. Um, and uh, it, it was that uh, it was that instant when uh, I realized that everything my everything was done that, that, that essentially my world had, had crashed come crashing down by no one of this fault but my own mm. and uh, in being in in the middle of north central Montana thousands of miles away from any friends or family I called my pastor and I asked him if he would meet me at the church because uh, I needed counsel I needed somebody to talk to and he knew about it um, I think so yes okay. I'm not quite sure mm -hmm. uh, and so I spent some hours with him and, and if you were at Mosaic uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago I was I, I, I told the story in a little more detail uh, but um, in that moment realizing that it was it was over uh, I found myself after uh, uh, being up front with him uh, I felt the Holy Spirit breaking me down and saying that this is this is this is the result this is the culmination culmination of the way you've done life what do you think about mm -hmm. doing it our way right. otherwise uh, you're going to keep doing this for the rest of right. you know, right you know I just realized that who I was to that moment all those years 30 years had brought me to obliteration I'd obliterated my life mm -hmm. uh, and in that moment in full surrender for the first time, surrendering my life to God uh, and um, um, accepting these promises that I'd heard for 30 years of forgiveness and of salvation. And I, 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 the, the, even the promises to this day that I hold on to, therefore, if anyone is, is in Christ, he is a new creation. You know, I mean, that, that meant so much to me because I, was, I felt so rotten and, and such, I was such a horrible person. I did horrible things. And to, to see in the Bible a verse that I'd read hundreds of times, but now it applied to me, mm -hmm. that, that God would, forgiveness would be extended and I could be a new creation in Christ, mm -hmm. that the old is gone and the new has come. Mm -hmm. For me personally, um, that uh, allowed me to move forward personally. Um, so during this dark chapter, uh, and you're, you're beginning to realize not only that you've, you've blown it as a, as a husband and, and as a father, but you begin to realize that you've, you've been blown it all your life with, with just pretending to be somebody that you're not. How did you, you know, how did you overcome the shame, the guilt, you know, all that came? You know, how did you get to the point to say, you know, how did you not just say, you know, God's just ridiculous and he's not, you know. He would have stopped me from this, you know, if he was real. You know, like, how did you get to the point where you said, you know, God help me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know, other than uh, 
other than being completely broken. I mean, there was, no there was nowhere else for me to go. I, I, it couldn't get worse. Mm. Uh, and I think in that moment of, of finally realizing that, that everything I was and represented got me to this point, th there's no other way but to go up and I'm going to do it God's way. Yeah. And finding, finding forgiveness and, and, uh, uh, for myself. But what was difficult now is then trying to, um, then going to my wife at the time and saying, hey, um, I had this amazing experience. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, and uh, I really feel like uh, I know that God is, is going to transform me, and I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father in God, in Christ now. And I know that, uh, I know that this relationship is, is, we can reconcile this relationship. I, I, know, that, I know that from my, from my gut, from my core. Uh, but ultimately, it came across as, as more deception and, and lies. You know, I lied so much up into that point. That Once it, trust is broken. Yeah, it was just another lie. You know, it was another, her, yeah. it was another um, a attempt to, to, um, uh, to try to put something back together without really coming, you know, uh, without paying, uh, you know, for it. Uh, and so I, I spent about a year and a half through the process of separation and divorce, uh, um, living in Montana and uh, and praying for reconciliation, praying for uh, the marriage uh, t to work, mm -hmm. um, but ultimately it it, it didn't, yeah. and I did sign you know I had to sign the papers of divorce. Wow. That must have been really hard. And, uh, it was hard, uh, but I remember signing the papers and in, in in the courtroom praying, having a prayer a conversation with God and and thanking Him for the opportunity to, to try to reconcile. Um, and, and making sure that he knew that I didn't think that it was his fault, yeah. you know, that, that we didn't reconcile. Right. Um, and also uh, promising now to essentially walk with him. Now that that's over with, I'm going to walk with you. Right. And if you have, if, if it is your will that I would be, uh, I would be single for the rest of my life, because in a real sense I felt like I didn't deserve mm -hmm. sure. anything well, you know, deep down mm -hmm. inside, then I'm okay with that. Uh, but if it is that you have someone for me in the future, then I'm okay with that too, you know. But what, what, whatever, you know, whatever your will is. Yeah. And just because of time, um, God, uh, God respected that. He awarded the, rewarded you uh, for your faithfulness and your desire to, to, to start all over again. And uh, you got to, to marry your lifelong friend that yeah. you knew since you were little, right? Yeah. That's pretty amazing, yeah. you know. You know, it's this. This is hard for me to share because uh, it's 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 been difficult for me to express joy uh, when I hurt someone immensely. You know, it's it's hard for me to uh, it's hard for me at times to to um, to verbalize how beautiful things are and how wonderful marriage is, realizing that that I spent so many years hurting somebody who I. You know, you can imagine you never hurt somebody that bad. Any advice for anybody that either has gone through divorce and, and maybe still feeling the pain or, or maybe is contemplating divorce? Or? Well, I, I truly do believe, as I did uh, back then, uh, and, and where the Bible says that God hates divorce, and we see the words of Jesus here, I do believe that there isn't anything that is so broken that God can't mend. Mm. I believe that with all my heart. Amen. Yeah. All my heart. But I also know that it takes two people. Yeah. 
It takes two people to be able to, to do that, two willing, two willing partners. Uh, and I do, uh, I, I'm so grateful for a, an opportunity in marriage uh, and an opportunity to raise a, a little girl who's in the home all the time. Because the reality is, is what I did affected so many more yeah. people than myself. My, my kids, you know, um, a Nancy's experience. Yeah. You know, it's one of the things that I regret the most is that my, my two older kids have to uh, live in a, a broken home and in two different parents. Um, but, um, but there's nothing that's too broken. Yeah. I, I remember in our pre-interview, you said this line, I, I love that I wrote it down, it says, God was not rooting for divorce. You know, and that's such a powerful line. You know, he, he never roots for that, right? Mm -hmm. he, that's not what he wants, but, uh, but God is a way of making something that we broke and, uh, and somehow as a way of repairing it, right? Yeah. But he never, he never, from the beginning, that was not so, right? right. He never roots for that. And uh, uh, Jesse, I, I cannot imagine how hard it is to get so vulnerable to share this. Um, this is our worship pastor, amen? <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's, let's give him a big round of applause. I, I, uh, I know you're not saying that what happened was okay, but you're saying is that, that God can heal, God can change, God can, can fix that. So if you're going through that, uh, you know, just stay close to God, right? That's stay right. through that. Thank you so yes. much. Maybe you can get your team up here while I close. And I uh, really appreciate you doing that. Amen? Um, let me close by, you know, there was this one point where he was talking about his, uh, his wife. Um, not believing him, you know. Uh, I'm, o I was, I'm always kind of amazed about the story of the, of the thief on the cross next to Jesus who had lived his life, you know, and now he's dying on the cross and he's like, Jesus, for the rest of my life, <laughs> right? For the rest of my life, I'm going to serve you. Oh, yeah, of course, right? That's what Jesus would, you would think Jesus would say, well, yeah, well, that's easy for you to say, you know. You're on the cross dying. The rest of your life is like, what, the next 20 minutes, you know, an hour? What do you got? But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, I promise you today, you will be with me in the kingdom. That's the kind of God we serve. So our God is a God of renewal, of restoration. And in some cases, that restoration means that you get to go back to the spouse that you hurt. Sometimes it means that it's so broken that God's willing to pick, that, pick up those pieces and help you to find somebody else. In other cases, it may mean you may be alone. We are a church that absolutely believes that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1, amen? In this church... We are all forgiven sinners rejoicing in the grace of God. We are all people of grace. And if for some reason today you are overwhelmed because you are experiencing relational bankruptcy, we love you. And we want you to know that if you want to talk to somebody, pray with somebody, there will be no one on our ministry team, leaders, that you could talk to that would ever condemn you or make you feel ashamed or guilty, we're here to help you. We're here to help you 
And if, it's, if you're on the fence of what's going to happen, we're here to help you with that also. We're not rooting for divorce. We are rooting for God to work, to help you work through everything. Amen? Thank you for listening to this very difficult sermon. Um, and again, Jesse, thank you so much for sharing what you shared with us today. Before I pray, I just want to, you know, I, I'm, I'm so thankful uh, for this church. And um, I, I think we can take that for granted so easily, right? Um, one of the things that, that I love seeing is just different artists up, up there singing and, 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 and sharing. And uh, I don't know how many of you have got to spend some time with Kalia. Kalia has been singing from time to time. And uh, I was just reminded that today is her last Sabbath with us before she goes on to, uh, um, to college, to Loma Linda ultimately, right? And so we may not see her for a while. She's come back and visit. But how about a, a round of applause of appreciation for sharing her talents with us. Thank you so much, really. Uh, we, are, we are truly, truly blessed. Amen? So 3 o'clock this afternoon, you come and share. Be, be part of our, our planning time. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we love you so, so, so very much. Thank you, Lord, for the hard truths that that, that, that purify us. Thank you, Lord, for those wonderful things that you, that you teach us that we need to know, that we need to understand. But thank you, Lord, so much for your grace and your mercy. And thank you for this church that is so obviously listening to the heartbeat of the Jesus that says, neither do I condemn you. I pray, Father, that as a church and as broken people, that we can somehow shine for you with truth, but also with grace. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.